I am Stephen Lee, and this is Getting Emotional with God. This is our podcast number two, Lament in Real Life. Now, as you may recall, lament is the crying out to God in anger and grief and frustration. It means even in the depths of despair, you still believe that God is listening. Lament is a part of faith. Laments and hymns encompass the entirety of our existence. They cover every part of our lives. Do you realize there are more psalms of lament than there are psalms of praise? Which is simply an indication that the writers of psalms really did know life is more than praise and celebration and thanksgiving. Life is a broken heart, a heart full of sorrow. The same heart we are called to love God with. You should love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and everything that is within you. So what does lament look like in real life? There's individual lament, which we got to a little bit in podcast number one. It's the kind of lament that it's just you and God and your broken heart. But what does community lament look like? Well, first we have to ask, to whom sometimes is communal lament directed? Is it directed to the community? Is it directed to the community's enemies? Is it directed to both? Is it directed to God? Is it directed to other communities? Why do we lament as a group? Well, communal lament gives a voice on behalf of others. It gives words to others that may not have words. It also causes us, who may be lamenting right now, to turn to our neighbor and figure out why they are lamenting. Listen to their hurts. It presents a problem that can be shared with other communities, with other people. When we as a group define what is wrong, we are defining it for people who may not have thought about it yet, who may say that church or that group or that collection of individuals are mourning this. We also have to mourn this. It helps others outside of our community to look in, which is what we're basically doing when we're reading the Psalms. We are taking a glimpse of the community of the Hebrews during times of sorrow and brokenheartedness and death and dying and illness and disease. And we're taking a glimpse of how that society dealt with pain and sorrow and broken hearts. And there are certainly some things that as a group we need to lament. Let's say someone is diagnosed with a terminal illness or a friend is a victim of domestic violence or a fire destroys several homes in the area. Now, when talking between me and God, I might be rambling here, there, and everywhere, but communal laments actually have parts to them. First, a group or a body names what is the truth. What is going on? What is causing the harm? What is causing the broken hearts? Second is this plea to God for assistance. God, help us. Third is we move from the lament to the confidence that God has heard and will respond. And lastly, we praise and give thanksgiving that indeed in, in some way, maybe not in a way that we understand it, but in some way, God is going to answer our plea. There are several examples of this. Psalm 12, Psalm 44, Psalm 58, Psalm 60, Psalm 74, and there are many, many others. 
These psalms can give us right now a language, a starting point in which we can start lamenting as a community. For example, a good friend of mine married a man to a man in a gay wedding, and her church was defaced and vandalized because of it. And she found out very few in the neighborhood helped the police with their investigations. They were mum. They didn't say anything. And she knew, along with other leaders in her church, that they had to have a service of lament. And she based it around Psalm 12. So knowing that, knowing what she went through, what her community went through, listen to Psalm 12 again and picture the church and the people in question. Psalm 12. For the director of music, a psalm of David. Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips but harbor deception in their hearts. May the Lord silence all the flattering lips in every boastful tongue. Those who say, but our tongues we will prevail and our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan. I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in the crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked, from those who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. You may, like me, start getting the idea that the Psalms are more than just words on a page. They are an expression, even today, of those things which wound us and bind us. I'm going to now use the coronavirus, COVID, to talk about individual lament and corporate or group lament. In my own lamentations with God about COVID, I've spoken of, well, I've spoken of the bone tiredness the weariness, the sense that this thing just keeps going on and on and on. I've told God about my disappointment in other people, not social distancing, not wearing masks. I've bemoaned that if I got COVID, I have four underlying conditions that would probably make it lethal for me. I tell God or I shout at God or I quietly mourn with God that I'm a social person and I can't spend time with the people I used to spend time with. I can't go to funerals of people that die that I know. I have friends that can't talk to their loved ones before it's too late. These are my lamentations. United Methodist Church came up with a psalm of lament and praise during the time of coronavirus. And I want to read it in its entirety because some of the same individual lament, some of the same things that I individually name, like being alone and alienation and disappointment as a group we also name, as this psalm that the United Methodist Church wrote also names. So it resonates deeply with me, and I want you to hear it in its entirety. A psalm of lament and praise in a time of coronavirus. How shall we praise you, Lord, our God? When we are locked down, how shall we praise you? When the doors to your house are barred and people cannot assemble, when those desperately in need of money and work 
cannot even wait in the marketplace, when we have to circle around people in the streets and to queue for shops maintaining safe distance, when we can only communicate by hearing on the phone or seeing on the screen or digitally messaging or even just waving through a window, when we cannot meet our parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren, or other family members and friends, when we cannot touch them in their flesh and blood to know that they are really alive, how shall we praise you? How, like Thomas, shall we not yet see but believe that your son is raised among us? How shall we praise you? How can I praise you, Lord? Are you plaguing us with this virus to punish us because we have all done wrong, or thought wrongly, or felt wrongly, or just been wrong? If so, why do only some die? And those, apparently, the ones who are the least worst or the most caring among us. Or are you trying to teach us a lesson? If so, why, why is it so hard to learn? And how are we to find the answer when we do not even know the question? Or are you the same loving God coming to us in our sufferings and opening up the way to new life in Jesus? Lord, I will try to praise you. Through gritted teeth, I will try to praise you. I will try to remember that you have created all things, and this virus is part of your creation. I will try not to hate it, but to seek to mitigate its harm. I will try to keep myself and others safe. I will work to pray for them and to seek to help in whatever way I can. Lord, when I cannot pray or worship, help me to be aware of all your people and all your saints and angels hovering around me, lifting me up. When I feel alone, let me feel you near me, even if only for a moment that enables me to go on. Let me hear you say, Peace be with you. Lord, I will praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. If you were like me, that was very hard to read. It touched upon some of my own emotions. I complain to God. We complain to God. I am angry with God. You might be disappointed in God. Together we share where we are both feeling towards God. Let me tell you a little story about Lamentations. I was in a church and the church was recovering from a fire and there was a lot of moaning and wailing but at the end of the service there was also a lot of joy and thanksgiving. There were individual witnesses about loss and sorrow, but there were community celebrations that God was still God, they were still alive, and therefore there was hope. What really surprised me, however, was during coffee after the service, a lot of people did not know that some others were as affected as they were by the fire. I heard more than once a person say, I didn't know you felt that way too. I didn't know that you were as angry as I was. I didn't know that you were as sad as I was. This is really the power of communal lament. Not only that we as a group of people come before God in complaining and mourning and raising our voices, but that we hear the voice of our neighbor and we understand our neighbor just that much more. As in our individual laments with God, 
we bear our heart, so in group lament we bear our heart to our neighbor. As individually with God, we grow in faith with God as we share the real self. We also grow in connection to our neighbor as we share with one another our real selves. There was no mistake when the Psalms were written down, and some set to music, and some set to dance, because as a community, the Hebrews of the time knew that sharing themselves with God meant more than praise and thanksgiving, but meant pouring out their very ruptured hearts on the floor before God and saying how long, but also having the promise that God would address, that God would make things right in the end. And it brought them together as a people. And lamenting in this time together brings us together as the people of God. I urge you to go back and reread Psalm 12 and 44 and 58, just those three. After hearing all of the group laments, read them again. Next week we'll be switching books to Job, and Job, trust me, gets very emotional with God, and we may find ourselves asking the same questions Job asks of the Almighty. Until the next podcast, this is Stephen Lee, getting emotional with God.